Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Wayne England, Tommy Donlan, here in studio once again, coming to you live from Olympia, Washington, on the shores of Summit Lake. Welcome back to the, uh, the homestead here, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank that? you. How about that dinner? Oh, that was phenomenal. We can get into that for a little bit here. Coho, clam chowder, <laughs> all made from scratch. Beautiful. All made from scratch, yep. Yeah. And uh, man, amazing as always, Shing. Thank you. Hey, everybody, if you're tuning in tonight, we appreciate you uh, checking us out. First time here with Root Sports. Go ahead and sit back and enjoy. And if you haven't, checked out all our platforms on social media. Jump on over to our Facebook page. Give us a like and a follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Jump on over there. You're going to get most of the show on Root Sports. You're going to get all of the show and the uh, the extras, behind the scenes and whatnot, over at our YouTube channel and, of course, Facebook page, Instagram as well. And while you're at it, go ahead and stop on by our uh, webpage. Check out our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find a coupon, FHN20, Tommy. Still up and, <clears throat> still up and going. Get 20% off all edge rods all the time. <laughs> When you enter that coupon code at checkout on the Edge Rods uh, webpage, so anything that's not already under a special program, a coupon, they're going to save 20% on rods. Still going. If right on. Taking advantage of that. That's a good deal. Reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, we got a lot of stuff going on tonight. Lots of info to cover, lots of fresh things off the press this afternoon. Yes, kind of had to revamp the show sheet with the importance of topics to get through this evening. Mm-hmm. So, but before you get too far along, hey, yeah, once again, how about that clam chowder, buddy? Oh, man, the clam chowder was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of clams. Pretty phenomenal. WDFW uh, opened up, you know, seven days of digs starting this Saturday, October right. 8th. Yeah. Um, and the limit's back to 15 clams. Do not forget that. Okay, oh, yeah. 15 yeah. clams per license holder. Do not screw that up. Um, Long Beach, Twin Harbors, Copalis, lots of opportunity going on right now. Yeah, yeah. So yep. take advantage of that. They're going to continue to monitor the demoic acid. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully as the temperatures cool here, we get away from that and you get to get in these digs here. So full-on week of digs coming. Hey, have you been keeping track of the on-again, off-again, the revolving door that is the Columbia River Chinook fishery? Mm-hmm. We did take advantage of that last week. We got out of here Friday, went and fished out here in the uh, Grace Harbor region. It struggled a little on that day, but then we bounced over to the Columbia on Saturday for the opener 
It was quasi-crowded, but we ended up getting a few nice coho and a nice uh, buddy Andy got about a 22-pound Chinook, just a, a dandy fish for Andy, so to speak. But again, now it's closing, right? So uh, the 8th. The 8th is the day right. of openings and closings, apparently. So Chinook retention will close on the main stem from Bowie 10 all the way up to Highway 395 Bridge at Pasco. So it's not all the way up to mm -hmm. Bonneville, but, or it is above, but... Uh, uh, the Pasco Bridge, beginning October 8th, recreational coho fishing does remain open, but Chinook fishing is again closing. So something to keep in mind if you've you know, been planning to get back on the Columbia River. Yeah, we're going to break down some closures here later, but uh, you know, there is one closure that's going to beat the October 8th deadline, Yeah, and that's the Stillaguamish River, right? Yeah, didn't that close? Um, Yep, October 1st. Oh, yes. Yep, October 1st, it did close, yep. Um, and they're concerned about low water, right? And of course, they're worried about the Chinooks, so... Yeah. See, yeah, well, the stilly, the stilly component, right? right? We talk about North right. of Falcon and their crafting season, drafting seasons. That still a Guamish component is constantly in there. It's one mm -hmm. that they pay attention to. And it's like North Sound. It's like, oh, how many fish can we get to Central Sound? And that component right. of that thing is just a pain in everybody's side. But here we are, well into the well into the uh, fall fishery, getting that terminal fishery. And they're like, nope, mm -hmm. we got to close it. We have a Chinook. Concern. They want to make egg take at the right. hatchery. Not sure if they're going to get there. Now we're up against this low water element that's hitting everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, all right, before we get too far along, hey, running down the show, uh, river closures announced. Where, when, and now where to fish. That's coming up, so pay attention. Uh, takedowns and fish fights. What the FHN crew has been up to in the Allied Mustang. I think you're going to enjoy this little video we put together. FHN quick tip this week, rigging the Rice Davis anchovy helmet. If you're not using them, you should, and I'm going to show you how. Got a bait lab tonight, Tommy. Rigging options for shallow marine areas and brackish water coho. This has been a kick in the pants, and I absolutely love this fishery. I'm uh, going to show you how to rig to be successful. And are you hunt ready? What have you done to prepare? Going to dial it in with you, my friend, because you've been putting in some time. That's right. And you got some hunts coming up that we're going to, we're going to continue to follow. And then closing out the show, we have a Max Lure prize pack giveaway, Max Lure Potskis, Atlas Mics. It's all in there. Giving that away at the end of the show with a question that we'll throw out based on some of the information we lay down here, either at the beginning or the middle. So you got to pay attention through the entire thing to get your prize pack. We're there will be out. a test. There will be a test. Going to jump out for a quick commercial break. We come back, we're going to break down this coastal and Grays Harbor River closures, what you need to know and which waters you need to stay away from. We come back from this break right here, Fish on Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. All right, welcome back in studio as we move along with the show. I want to thank everybody for signing on. We've got a lot of activity here, Tommy. We're going to get to as we move on through the show here. But we got a lot of 
a lot of information to get through that everybody's chomping at the bit and sending us messages and trying to understand what this regulation change is all about. So the first mm -hmm. announcement came out yesterday on the 5th was about Olympic Peninsula and the National Parks rivers north coast basically full-on closure coming in all of those rivers and then today they announced uh, late this afternoon the most coastal rivers tributaries for salmon and all their game fish to close beginning october 8th this includes approximately 50 50 rivers right okay so and everybody wants to know why yeah right well really it's like you know it is the perfect storm mm -hmm. i mean you know you might look at this kind of from the outside and go well you know what's the deal yep. the runs have performed exceedingly well um why is this well we've got a lot of low water condition we really haven't we had really any rain to speak of right nope. so you have you know all of these fish that are pulled up in the lower portion of the tributary right in the lower portion mm -hmm. of the river and you know what does that lead to really it just leads to a melee right yep. they're all they're all bottled up they're yep. all in one location they're yep. getting hammered on yep. um and so until we get that rain coming in this is going to be a concern for our schnook well, that's the key player here is the Chinook. In the timing of when these Chinook spawn and the fact that they need water to spawn. And so out on the north coast, coastal rivers, those fish actually enter into their tributary, upper tributary areas with enough water. They're spawning by uh, third week of October. Mm -hmm. When you move here to the southern coast portion, this uh, say the Grays Harbor region, those Chinook are up in the upper stretches of the tributaries and spawning the latter part, third week of October or into uh, mid-November, mm -hmm. right? So there's a time frame there that they're concerned about. And we don't have any rain in the forecast. Really, now they're pushing out to possibly in around the first week of November. So right. it's a timing thing. And it's, you know, those fish are going to want to dump eggs in the main stems. And this is concerning. Yeah. And technically, we're in a La Nina phase, right? Which we are. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it, yep. right? You would probably think the opposite, that we're in an El Nino. But it's actually right, right. A, a La Nina phase, right? So the concern is that when we do get that rain that comes in, mm -hmm. it's going to come in in just a massive volume mm -hmm. of water, right? Right? And if it troubling. blows, if it blows out that river, and then you've got you know maybe spawning uh, happening lower in that river system, um, it's not going to bode well. Chance of survivability on Chinook that should be way up in the tributaries that have now dumped eggs because of warm water, low water conditions down in the main stems, and then we mm -hmm. get a huge washout because of La Nina. In November historically in La Nina is like you know uber flood time. Man. Right. I mean it, it can be bad. Now look, we're not chick a little. The sky is falling. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, but. We do have to pay attention to the numbers that are coming in, and I know everybody wants to bash. Well, the nets are out there killing Chinook, and all this is mm -hmm. going on, and they just don't want us to fish. Well, this is truly a conservation measure based on the Chinook. The Cohen numbers are fine for right now, but uh, the Chinook could be problematic in all of the coastal region. And right. I know folks don't want to hear that, but this is truly what this is all about. And so, and as you mentioned, you know, the fish keg up, the people keg up. There's a lot of snagging and flossing and, you know, just whatever illegal harvesting that goes on. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to just, you know, eliminate some of that behavior. And right. part of that is us policing ourselves. So what does this all mean? First of all, uh, river closures include the hump tulips and everything north. So the hump tulips complete river mm -hmm. is closed to any type of fishing and all rivers north of that. It's also worth noting that all the tribes in those northern rivers, Tommy, have pulled out. There'll be no gillnet fisheries conducted on the northern coastal region, in, you know, outside mm -hmm. the parks and all that. That's all closed off, and the tribes are not fishing. Um, the uh, the recreational uh, opportunity is shut down, including the entire hump tulips. Right, and of course, the exception to that though is the Quinault tribe. 
Um, they haven't changed their uh, their loaf, their list of agreed to fisheries, Correct. right? Correct. Yep. Um, you know, and so that's a big question. Are they gonna, you know, knowing the situation that we're in? Um, and the concern for the Schnook, are they going to go in? Are they going to put their nets in the Hump Tulips, which yeah. is one of the rivers that's on the list to be closed? Yeah. You know, or are they going to stay out? It's hard to say. But, you know, as we were talking earlier, that um, the Quinaults actually have the ability to, you know, fish that whole Grace mm-hmm. Harbor Basin, the mm-hmm. whole Chehalis Basin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could drive a considerable impact to the Schnook if they decide to fish. 100%. Yeah. Because there's no Chinook retention in any of the Grace Harbor region, tributaries, main stem, mm-hmm. out in the out in the basin none of that right mm-hmm. there is snook retention in the uh hump tulips but now it's closed right. now are they going to keep netting so what does this mean grace harbor all tributaries will be closed uh you can find a list of ri- rivers under emergency rules under wdfw.org uh what is open main stem chehalis from fuller bridge on down will remain open mm-hmm. all the marine areas bay fisheries will be open basically that tidal influence lower stem of the chehalis will be open and uh, will continue to re- remain open. And yes, the uh, the Quinaults will continue to net out there on the lower uh, stem of the Chehalis and in the marine area. And I'm not sure about the non-travel commercials if they will be going in when they have a day coming up here sometime mm-hmm. in November. So it is uh, made a lot of people upset. We get that, um, but uh, it's for a conservation measure. And there still mm-hmm. is fishing to be had. A little later in the show, we'll try to give you some ideas of some other options of where to go in pursuit of coho. Columbia Tributaries as a good example. All right, really, uh, things are moving quick here. Move, jumping out for a quick break. We come back. The uh, FH and quick tip of the week. We got a little bit of uh, rigging with the Rice Davis uh, anchovy helmet. If you're not using them, you should. little uh, demonstration on how that works. Jump out for a quick break. We'll be back with that right here at Fish and Northwest. Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy-gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied boats will have it for you. Contact Allied boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, we have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I uh, just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Very easy to rip. I'm going to pop the pin out of here, 
Stumpness, Hotsky Firebrine, Chartreuse, Red Label Herring into the helmet. I'm going to pin this on through to the other side, pop it all the way through. Now, we have a small toothpick in here. It provides friction on your leader. You simply pull this back. You want to get into the back three quarters of the way through the herring into the meat. Now as I pull this up a little bit, put it tight, it's going to put a little bend in there, which takes it off axis and really provides a great spin, along with the cut on this helmet. And that key component here is that toothpick wedged into that little space that they provide. Keeps that thing spinning. Let's drop this in the water and see how it looks. spin on that charger's herring and it's been getting bit all morning. Let's put this down and get another one. Thomas. Yep, the, those Rice Davis heads go absolutely everywhere with me too. Absolutely. Doesn't matter where. I, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, I, I can cut plug a herring like nobody's business and I have a lot of confidence and I hook them in, I can make it spin like a, like nothing, but that is just like durability. Yep. You know you're fishing. That's right. And when we're fishing in areas that have an abundance of weeds and whatnot, yep. it's just giving you that extra bit of confidence that you're you're fishing, right? Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about that blowing out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. A little tip on uh, how to rig that. And if you're not using them, you should get some and give it a try. So, all right, it's going to do it for us here. First half of the show. If you're tuning in on Root Sports, we appreciate that. Uh, don't go anywhere if you're streaming with us live this evening. we got the second half of the show coming up right after this break. We'll be in the bait lab with rigging for these shallow water uh, marine area coho fisheries right after this break right here fish on northwest sergeant daniel Moulter began his tour of duty on october 21st 1996 and ended his tour on june 27 2020 on the authority of constable carlos d lopez of the travis county constable's office precinct 5 badge number 504 is officially retired and Sergeant Dale Moulter is 1042. Godspeed, Sergeant Moulter. Honoring fallen law officers of 2021. The 2022 end of watch ride begins in May from Spokane, Washington. The ride across the country to honor the men and women of law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their service to our communities will cover more than 23,000 miles. We ride to ensure that no fallen officer or their family is ever forgotten. EOW relies on sponsors and donations to cover this cost. Please consider donating to help support the families and departments of the fallen officers. You can donate by visiting our website at www.endofwatchride.com forward slash donate. Please support the blue. Hey, welcome back Fish on Northwest. We are here at the Bait Lab. Remember, Bait Labs are brought to you by Max Lure and of course Sportco. Everything you see on the table here can be bought either in store or at Sportco online. Uh, tonight, talking about 
some of the um, useful options that have been performing very well for us out here in the shallow marine area fisheries. We have a number of these options out here in the coastal region that are not too far outside of Westport. And I'm talking 18 to 25 feet of water, fresh coho coming in out of the ocean, and a great option for a troll fishery. And you can leave the downriggers at home. It's a lead fishery, much like what we do all over the Columbia River, Upper Columbia River, and uh, even other parts of uh, our saltwater options. So what does this basically uh, look like as we break it down? I want to walk you through what has been working for us and performing very well. First of all, first and foremost, the rod. Of course, we're using edge rods. These are the 1065, SAR 1065 360 Pro. And they work fantastic whether you're using a 360 rotating flasher or an inline flasher. It's a lead fishery. These rods are designed for lead fisheries, although they work fantastic in your downrigger as well. So it's basically a two for one. But I prefer the 10 and a half foot rods. We're loading these things up with anywhere from 12 to 20 ounces of lead and they perform very well. So I load this uh, up with 60 pound braid. And this little gadget right here, you've heard me talk about it before. This is our weed grabber, and it basically is a size three barrel swivel. I put a bead on first because if that does come in contact with my guide, I want that bead to protect it. Size three barrel swivel, and these barbecue skewers, these wooden skewers, I'm cutting to about uh, three to four inches in length, and it fits right on through that uh, eye, that lower eye of your barrel swivel there, and it fixes in there. It doesn't weaken or fray the braid. Um, it holds up very well and it slides. So you can move this up and down away from your gear. As that drags through the water, that's grabbing weeds, weeds, eelgrass, all kinds of stuff. It keeps it from getting down here into your uh, swivels, your chain swivels, all your rotating gear. This actually does a really good job at catching a majority of the debris before it gets into your gear. And it's way easier to clean off of this stick than it is once it gets wrapped up in all these swivels. So it's adjustable. And if it's two, three feet up your line and you're reeling down to fight a fish, you can reel that bead right against your guide and it's gonna literally push it right down to the very end uh, of where it's gonna terminate there. So that does slide, it moves, it works fantastic. You guys need to give that a try. So from the braid, we go down to a dual lock barrel swivel that, uh, you know, very strong and durable. This is like an 80 pound rated. I like to make sure the gear that we're gonna run is gonna last, not break down. I connect that to a bead chain that I've tied onto my bumper. Now for this particular fishery, I'm building bumpers out of 200 pound mono and they are at 24 inches. This is what gives me the distance between where my weight is hanging down and if I put a rotating uh, 360 flasher out here. I want that distance to be away from the weight. So I go with 24. It's been working. Now you can make these 30, you can make them um, 14. It depends on your fishery on the distance you want to create between the, uh, the weight and the bumper and putting the action on your rotators. Um, I am using the VIP uh, sliding lock. They work fantastic. If you haven't used those before, you need to. It locks that swivel in place so that all this that's spinning down below here uh, transitions on through this slider and it doesn't spin your lineup. So that works really well to keep that from rotating and spinning up your braid, okay? That also has a uh, dual lock on it, 12 inch dropper. I'm fishing a 12 inch dropper in this fishery. Now some fisheries you can choose not to fish a dropper. Other fisheries you may lengthen that out. 
12 inches is working for us. We're hitting these 20 ounce leads right off the bottom, coming up one crank, and then we know we're right in the zone where the fish are gonna be. Yeah, predominantly you would think about using that for Chinook, but I'm telling you on this coho fishery, they're also tucking down there close to the bottom because again, we're only fishing at times 17, 18, maybe 20 feet of water. Those fish are down in just above the mud. So 12 inch dropper, 24 inch bumper. That is gonna go to either my inline rotator or my 360 flasher. Now I've been using the BMK YBC inline and I am putting that uh, directly to my bumper. Even though it's not, a, uh, it's not a wide rotator like a 360, I still wanna have that distance because it just, it helps you know, generate distance between the weight and your and rotating flasher. I've gone to the uh, 10 inch flashers. You can use the eight inch out there, was catching fish on those as well. Some of these shallow water marine fisheries do tend to stir up quite a bit of dirt, quite a bit of sediment on those tide changes. You get a lot of weeds, a lot of debris floating in there. It's, again, it's not very deep, so that stuff doesn't have a lot of area to go. So you'll see the water turn color. At times, the more flash you can put out, the more attractant. The other thing that's key, I don't need to run a five foot leader behind this flasher to my Rice Davis uh, uh, bait helmet. I've shortened that up to a 40, say 42 inch at the most, but I'm at about a 40 inch leader. Lots of flash on this, especially when the sun comes out in the dirty water. Short leader with uh, UV coming off of those baits. Firebrine chartreuse on our, on our uh, red label herring. I'm also using a natural firebrine on our anchovy with just a shot of blue in there and I've added Atlas Mike's anise oil as well, just to give a little different scent on the anchovy. So, Basically, the breakdown is the inline rotator gets a 40 inch leader to a herring, a firebrine chartreuse herring in a helmet. 20 ounces of lead on my front rods, hit the bottom, come up a crank, set them, and always make sure you're staying in contact with bottom every so often. And also, about every 10 minutes or so, you wanna bring your gear up and check for weeds. Get the weeds off the weed grabber, make sure your gear is clean, make sure there's no weeds on your bait and you're fishing clean. 360 rotators, been using the Brads, revolutionary. Fantastic, the breakaway is uh, flawless and they work so well. And when I'm putting those uh, in my rotation, heavy rods up front, rotators out the back, 12 ounces of lead. And I'm not necessarily trying to get this off the bottom and then bring it up. I will set these at anywhere from 24, 26, 28 feet on the line counter and just let them sit back there, elevated and rotate. Running a 30 inch leader to a bait helmet on uh, the backs of these <clears throat> with the anchovy just because it affords a lot more whip on that bait and I think it gives a lot more attractability. So the chartreuses and greens work really well in stained water. The reds and uh, moon jelly patterns work really good in stained water. If I'm fishing spinners, yep, they work out there too. 24 inches on the spinners and the spinners that I'm tying up, I've switched to making something that's a combination. We have at times clear water, other times we have some, some you know, debris and stained water. So when I tie these up, I'm using a double skirt on our uh, hoochies. Our um, skirts are UV on the outside, either pink or orange, and I put a full on glow skirt underneath, okay? So these are basically Silver Horde 2.5 uh, hoochies. You can get them all over the place. The pink 
uh, has tremendous UV and glow, and of course in the glow is a, is a lot of glow. So getting into that darker stained water, I recommend using a UV and a glow. A um, couple different blade patterns I have stuck with, the VIP Coast Guard's working well, Mexican hat, those are great combinations with these pink and glow patterns. Uh, again, 24 inch liters on the spinners. Some days they're working, some days it's completely bait. We were out in that area Sunday, every fish we hooked was on bait. I was running uh, herring on the front rod, sardines out the back, all rods got bit. You just got to kind of move back and forth, right? And um, you can, you know, troll direction, speed, all those things count. But as far as rigging, this is what's getting it done for us day in and day out out there. And uh, we're going to continue to do it. Again, inline rotators or the Brad's 360 flashers out the back. Shorten up your leaders so you get lots of flash right in front of your bait and you'll probably find success. All right, it's going to do it for us here in the Bay Lab. Jump out for a quick commercial break. We come back, we'll be in the studio. Have a little hunt talk with Tommy. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. Hey, welcome back here in studio, Dwayne England, Tommy Donlin, and uh, there you go. That's the Bait hey, Lab, bro. Work, uh, it's been it. working. It. And you know, when it's working, why change? That's right. You know, and um, right. I've been running some, uh, the one thing I didn't mention, I have been running some of the uh, Brad's mini cut plugs out there with a little tune in there from time to time. Uh-huh. Don't dismiss the opportunity to get Coho with Tuna Scent. They're, I mean, they will go after that as well, yeah. right? Or so if you're Jordan England, you just run tuna all it the Just time. put tuna all the time on everything, right? Um, but uh, out there in some of those areas, there's a commercial harvest that goes on for both, mostly anchovy. So uh-huh. they are eating anchovy, right? Yep. And um, so utilizing anchovy out there is also not a bad idea. Uh, don't just take herring. So I take it all with me yep. every day, right? So you know anyway, so. it's working. But uh, hey, so hunting season is upon us. It is. In some One parts. Hunt down. Yeah. More hunts to go. More hunts to go. And uh, I'm getting ready for my local hunt. You know me, I'm going to I'm gonna just kind of grind it out and do my blacktail thing here not too far away and uh, in that public land that's just down the street. Pretty convenient. Uh, trying to fit that in. You, my friend, uh, here shortly will be on the road. Uh, first stop is Idaho for, uh, for bull elk. Is that not right? That's right. That's correct. And you started preparing for that yesterday? No. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as the last one was over, I was prepping. Yeah. And I will say, you know, this year, you know, there's – you can kind of categorize the prep, right? At least I do into, you know, physical, mental, right? Um, you know, the physical for me started January 1st. Yeah. And I've been more consistent in the gym this year than I've ever been before. And this hunt that I'm about to embark on is definitely going to be the most physically demanding hunt that I've ever done. Um, doesn't quite have the, the altitude, um, the elevation that I had in Wyoming last year up at 10,000 feet. Yeah. Um, but in terms of how many feet of elevation we're going to gain every single day in this hunt, it's going to be a lot more. Now, this is a whole new area for you. It is. Right? Drew it a tag is. in this area. You got a small yep. group going. And um, yep. and so looking at that and the topography and knowing where you're going, you've been getting ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, which gun are you taking? Are you taking multiple? Um, I've got two new Tika 300s. Um, 
absolutely dialed in thank you mark chandler <laughs> yeah. ready ready to go yeah um and so that rifle development actually happened about started about four or five months ago okay um tika just makes an absolutely great rifle i mean mm -hmm. i don't you know they've got a one moa guarantee um and then on top of that i've got a good friend that has these rifles absolutely dialed in to make them quarter moa to a third moa rifles wow. Yep. What uh, what scope do you throw on there? Um, so I've got uh, two different scopes. My primary one is going to be the uh, Vortex Viper uh, PST Gen 2. It's a little little bit on the heavy side, okay. but that's where the cardio work has been coming in. Uh -huh. Yep. A lot of time on the Stairmaster, a lot yep. of time on the bike, yep. a lot of time doing leg works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I mean, last year you were successful on a couple different hunts with mm -hmm. cow tags. I mean, it's all about mm -hmm. putting meat in the freezer this year. You're going for a bull. You got a cow hunt coming up later, too? No cow hunts this so year. So you got so, a bull hunt? Yep. Got meat in the freezer, right? Yep, satisfy yep, yep. satisfy requirement number one. Right. Um, and this year it's only bull hunts. So I've got um, actually two buck hunts, two bull hunts. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. I'll be uh, more local here, like I said. Yeah. Interesting, you know, the weather. I got to assume where you're going over there in Idaho, the weather's going to be a factor as well. Yeah, it is. It's on my mind as we roll in through October here. Now, look, we got the Modern Rifle Deer opener here October 15th, right. Saturday. Um, there's going to be no change in the weather pattern. Heck, you look 10, 15 days out right now. There's no change. Yeah. And I'm watching what's going on on my trail cam. I, mm. Yep, snuck a trail cam into the public land there, and I just mm -hmm. roll my dice and take my chances, hope somebody doesn't take it. But, right. you know, I mean, you pick your spots, pretty well hidden, mm -hmm. getting quite a bit of activity. I can tell you this. Last week, we had that little pressure system move in. Now, it didn't bring a lot of rain, but it brought some wind and a change in barometer. And those two days, mm -hmm. within that barometric uh, instability, those blacktail were out. And I had more mm -hmm. bucks showing up in around my game camera than I had seen several weeks prior. And then, uh, let's see, did, did the show last Thursday, fished on Friday. Saturday, when me and the guys went down to Columbia, it was 80 degrees. Yeah. How much deer activity do you think I saw for about Three days not a whole lot. No. Not a whole lot. No. Yeah, you know, I set up some game cams on the east side when I did that muzzleloader hunt. Yeah. Same exact thing. You know, when it cooled off a little bit, mm -hmm. you'd see a lot more activity. As soon as it got hot, got above 80 degrees, yep. those deer are bedded. They're staying bedded, oh, yeah. and they're coming out only in the middle of the night. Yep. You know, the one thing you mentioned about weather, how that plays into this, this hunt in Idaho, I think it's going to play into our advantage, and the reason why mm. is because the rut has been late couple weeks couple weeks late and so there's a chance that when we go over there those bulls are still talking now they're not going to be you know full full-blown like you know piss and vinegar challenging another bull right but i'm thinking you know cow calls lost cow lost calf yep. i think that could be just enough to bring that bull in to go hey what's going on over here yeah, did, yeah, I, yeah. did i did i miss did one I miss did one? i miss one absolutely right? and so um you know we're bringing all of our calls we're preparing for that game as well so yeah. you kind of like when you when i prepare for these hunts i think about all the different scenarios that i'm going to encounter right yeah and i've got a plan a and if that doesn't work out a plan b mm -hmm. and if that doesn't work out a plan c you know, from my perspective, if you go into these hunts, you know, and, and I'm dedicating a serious amount of effort and time to this hunt, right? Oh, so yeah. you have to be ready. It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not an option. If you don't have a plan, if you're just like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to see what happens. Hopefully you're going to get discouraged, right? Cause <laughs> yes. you're going to go to your plan a, and then as soon as that doesn't pan out, you're just done. Right. Look, there is uh, you know, you, you find yourself having conversations with, with persons and you mm -hmm. kind of gauge, how dedicated that person is or not to whatever it is they're going after, right? Yeah. You put in a moderate amount of preparation, you're mm -hmm. probably going to have a moderate amount of success and or none, or you mm -hmm. might just get lucky, right? Right. You are not one to take chances, just get lucky. First of yeah. all, it's easy to say, 
Well, you know, we don't worry about how much it costs because you'll never, you'll never pencil it out. It's like you can't put a value on that. It's so expensive, but it's all about if we're successful in the bounty. Yeah, I get all that. Yeah. But in today's world, what's going on right now is type of preparation and then to get there, carry it on yeah. through to not be successful yeah. hurts a heck of a lot more right. than to be successful. Well, and it's getting harder to get these tags. I mean, let's face it, with the new right. Idaho system, Ryan, we've talked about this before, you have to be online the morning of that designated day mm -hmm. at the designated time. Get your number. And you gotta know exactly what zone, what unit mm -hmm. you're going for. Mm -hmm. And if you miss it or you misclick or you accidentally hit a button on the keyboard that you didn't mean to, hit yeah you're not going to get a tag right. it's over done because the other three thousand people are going <laughs> to go ahead of you and they're going to get a tag and if you look at it you know these days most of the zones in idaho for elk are sold out in an hour two hours or less mike kimbrough has a good point on here if you looked at any of the uh forecasts that would show is there smoke in that area you got any fires over there any reports not in the immediate area that we are going to be in okay. but around it yeah 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 and all that takes is a wind shift that's right. And then you're like, oh my gosh. That's right. Yeah. So yep. the one thing we've also had, because we have such warm afternoons and um, uh, cooler evenings now, we got a lot mm -hmm. of fog in the morning. And I yep. don't know what you're going to get over there, but you know, I got activity on my game cam in the morning, but you can't see nothing because it's all fogged out, right? It's right. just like, eh, there's yeah. something happening. I have no idea what it is. You know, there hasn't been a lot of precipitation over there, mm -hmm. so I'm not um, anticipating fog necessarily. Sure. Um, and you know, that's the thing that's kind of maybe playing into our favor is it looks like it's just going to get colder and colder and mm -hmm. colder, mm -hmm. but not necessarily just dump on us. Yeah. So I think yeah. that'll help out. Anything on yeah. your list of things to accomplish in preparation that you did not get to that you're kind of like, eh, I guess I'll just have to go with it. You know, I can't find my, my water straw to save my life. I have no idea where that thing is. Not a clue. It's probably in the you nose know? of a sea turtle somewhere. You know, no, 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 no. It's in, it's in the garage buried gotcha. somewhere. But, but literally, I have gone through the checklist, checked it three, four, five times. And um, no, there's not, there's not anything that I haven't covered. That is the one thing that I was thinking, you know, like if I get stuck somewhere on the mountain um, and I need to go find a source of water, I'm going to need that straw. Yeah, well, you are. Well, I better not get it. stuck. Oh. <laughs> well, you might find yeah. uh, you might find uh, elk down by that water source. That's right. It's as hot and dusty, right. uh, over there as it is around here. So yeah. that is one thing to uh, think about too: is water sources at uh, mm -hmm. you know long extended drought periods. Like where are they gonna where are they gonna kind of congregate around for a while, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, you know, good luck. I know you're gonna be out there uh, here shortly, and um, <clears throat> I think I got a guest host in with me next week. I better call I him. I think you do. I think he's gonna show up. That's not. right. You better make sure he does. I think if I take him out do a little coho fish and i'd probably get him in that yeah then you right can there. control where he is yeah pretty much yeah. <laughs> so, well good luck on that of course we got a lot of hunting dialogue to come up here as we move forward and get into hunting season we got some waterfowl to look forward to yes mike certic i'm going to answer your email and uh tommy and i are going to be out in the duck and goose blind with you this year can't wait even on this west side so we gotta mm -hmm. we gotta knock some birds down this year we do it's we do. gonna be good so it's been a long time coming with certic oh he yeah. better not back out this time no, i'm sure he will <laughs> Will not. So, all right, jump out for a quick break. We come back. Uh, yeah, you want to stick around, and pay attention. We have a few things to talk about in this price pack. Tommy has been sitting here cluttering mm. up the desk. That is going away. We have a test question that yes, you're going to throw out there. Uh, a little info that we laid out early on in the show. If you're paying attention, you're probably going to be able to answer it. So we come back from the break. We're going to put the question out there. If you can answer it, uh, first one to answer that is going to win this uh, prize. Max Lure, Potskis, Atlas Mikes. Got a whole lot of stuff in there for troll fisheries and some uh, some jigs. Nice little price pack for somebody. So don't go anywhere. Get through this break. We'll be right back here. Fish on Northwest.
All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance Boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. Cutbacks in funding and fewer law enforcement resources are affecting our businesses and communities. If your business is feeling the effects, Phoenix Protective may be the solution you are looking for. They offer security solutions customized to meet your needs. From remote video monitoring in their 24-hour control center to a proactive, experienced security professional on site, Phoenix Protective has over 20 years experience in ensuring the safety of their customers. Team members are highly trained and proactive, giving them the ability to adjust to the changing needs of their customers. Customers choose to work with Phoenix Protective because they provide the next level in security support to industries such as schools, hospitals, transit, and utilities. For a security assessment to see how Phoenix Protective can help you and your business, visit their website at www.phoenixprotectivecore.com and select contact. All right, yes, uh, welcome back. Just before the break, Tommy, we were talking a little hunting and talking or mentioning our waterfowl hunts. Yes. So um, you're actually going to be on another hunt for the November one. So I got I I to pull in somebody else to replace you, but uh, mm-hmm. that should be easy enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're, that's going to be an issue. You're, you're replaceable. Um, so <laughs> we are, we are uh, indeed hunting twice this year, more than that, but twice with our good buddy Shelby Ross over there at uh, Ross Outdoor Adventures. It's the uh, annual Fish Hunt Northwest Ross Outdoor Adventures uh, waterfowl group hunt. Uh, two-day duck hunt, two-day combo duck and goose hunt. So hunt number one, arrived November 6th. I hope you folks are writing this down, paying attention. Uh, we are hunting the 7th and the 8th. It's a two-day duck hunt, two nights lodging, dinner included both nights, three seventy-five per day. That includes everything. That's a smoking deal. And uh, we get over there. Shelby takes care of the entire group. Really, really a good time. Uh, you can also choose to just book one night and one hunt. That's up to you. Uh, hunt number two arrived December 12th, and we're hunting. That's our combo, duck and goose. Tommy will be with us on that one. Arrive on December 12th, hunting the 13th and the 14th. So, again... Ducks on Tuesday, geese on Wednesday, two nights lodging, dinner each night, $3.75 per day per hunt, the whole shebang. Um, really, really good price. And we have a maximum of 12 persons per day, max occupancy, and going to look forward to a really good time. Dakota's coming. We have uh, a handful of other guys. Uh, who else has already signed up? Um, uh, oh, Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Yep, Jeff, Jeff is Wilson going. signed up. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. And we got... I know there's a handful of other guys that have jumped on and signed up as well. i got to get a hold of uh, Shelby. See how many spots we have left. Don't procrastinate. You miss out on this, you're going to miss out on a great time. Yes, Jeff, you are in. So, perfect. Well, we got that going on. Things to look forward to. Um, and, you know, I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, Aaron Peterson over here on the west side, too. Snow goose hunt. Mm-hmm. we got to get one of those. You guys want to do a snow goose hunt? We can certainly arrange that. Go hunt with our buddy Aaron Peterson. And also, i got to get a hold of the folks over there. Um, I think a couple guys wanted to get us uh, see if we could get going on a pheasant hunt. That's right. Go I, we got it. We got to do the snow goose hunt. We, we got it. We have to. I mean, 
and I want to make sure that we send Jordan out early to capture the uh, deployment of the decoys to, yep. to document how that all works, you know, all like at 2 a.m. And you and I will sleep in <laughs> and, and come out later. Yeah, get that on yeah. film for us while they stick yep. all those wires in the ground. Perfect. Uh, okay, hey, we got a prize pack to give away. Um, value, I don't know, well over $100. There's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. in there. There is. Yeah, there's there a is. lot of stuff in there. So if you're paying attention early on in the show, uh, you should know the answer to this question. We're going to watch here on our multi-stream because if you're uh, signed on either uh, YouTube or Facebook, all the answers come in here in chronological order. So you may only see one side of it. I'm just putting that out there because sometimes mm -hmm. folks question. So we are watching it here where they all feed in at the same time. Um, and we will, we will announce the winner of the person that gets the uh, correct answer. So... We were talking, Tommy, about a number of closures. We were. We were talking about a number of river closures, and it mentioned in the WVFW information, this includes up to how many rivers closure for this temporary uh, temporary closure on our salmon opportunity here in this region, north and south coast of Washington. Oh, 50, Bob Wright, done. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Boom. Bob wow. is in. Nice, Eric Miller, number two. Facebook user, not sure who you are, number 15. No. Uh, Bob, yes, look at everybody's Everybody's in on it now. Bob Wright. Man, that's phenomenal. Bob Wright, that was like right now. <laughs> right, yeah, boy, nailed it that quick. Well, we didn't have to sit here for a couple of minutes, wait for somebody yeah, to get the no right kidding. answer. So. That buzzer got hit quick. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bob, I see you're in here on Facebook this evening. Go ahead and message us up here on Messenger. Uh, give Shing your phone number and your address. She'll probably call you and we'll make arrangements to get that shipped off via the post office here this next week. So uh, thanks everybody for participating. But that's, that's what happens, man. You get on here mm -hmm. from the start of the show, you stay through the end. We're only asking you to stick around with us for one hour. That's right. That's not too no, much. That's not too much to ask. I mean, for crying out loud. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, well done everybody. Appreciate you uh, hanging in there. And, and Bob, you're gonna enjoy this little prize pack. So, well, sir. Um, Whenever you're leaving, great, uh, have you know, good luck on getting out there this week, and mm -hmm. let's hope uh, let's hope you're successful. I hope so. I hope Thank there's you. A, uh, there's a couple chunks of backstrap mm -hmm. when, you, when you come on back mm -hmm. to the show here. Mm -hmm. so, anyway, uh, special guest in studio. I bet you guys can probably figure out who it is. He joins me often in Tommy's absence, so looking forward to that. More coho fishing on the horizon. It's not all doom and gloom. We do have a lot of opportunity. We were going to mention uh, with these closures. You know, if you don't have a lot of options and you're trying to figure out where to go, start thinking Columbia River tributaries for a lot of coho action. The numbers of the Columbia coho are off the charts. The fish are starting to show up. Cowlitz River, Lewis River, Kalama. You know, there's a number of opportunities, both Washington and Oregon side, that you can uh, take advantage of. The Cowlitz is one that should start performing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of bank access and there's a lot of boat access and it's a good time um or try to go with somebody uh who's been fishing it you know yeah to try and uh, show you exactly what that particular fishery can offer you um and then yeah. don't forget we got clamming coming up saturday got clamming dates coming and up and then uh, you know? winter winter crab has already crab. reopened in a lot of areas yeah so, so get out there and get some crab it's, there is stuff to do and you know a lot of the uh a lot of the puget sound rivers uh that are still going to be open certain stretches of them uh non-confrontational days with with travel netting and whatnot but there is opportunity out there unfortunately some of you may have to drive a little further than you anticipated 
Uh, it's only for a few weeks, hopefully. Everybody do the rain dance. Let's get the rain <laughs> coming in here next week. So, all right, going to do it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. Had a great time. Get out there and get something done this weekend. Post your picks. Be interactive on our social media so we can be interactive with you. Uh, have a great week. Enjoy. See you here next Thursday, 6 p.m. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.